Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. If you have been trying to declutter your house, and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. So welcome to Decluttering Simplified and how to declutter your home. I want to come to you and give you some really amazing tips. I've got about six of them. Um, how to start, how to get your mindset ready, and then I'm going to give you the action steps because I think it's really important to not only know like why you're doing this and kind of the foundation of that. Um, you need that first and then you need the action steps. So first tip, decluttering is really, really simple. This is all it is. It's getting the things that you don't want in your house anymore and taking them out of your house. So that's it. That's all decluttering is. We complicate it. We complicate it by giving ourselves excuses and reasons that we need to keep it or we should keep it or we might need it in the future or we've had it for this long or we got it from this person or it, we spent this many dollars on it. Um, that's when it gets complicated. Decluttering is really just the act of picking up your things, putting it in your car and taking it away and getting it out of your house. That's it. So simplify it. See it in that way. It's getting rid of your junk and your clutter and your stuff that is no longer serving you. So just when you're feeling stuck, when you're coming up with all of these reasons and excuses and telling yourself these things as to why you can't declutter or why you need to keep it or why you keep self-sabotaging, just remember that. Decluttering is simple. It's just getting rid of your stuff. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not a life or death situation. It's not going to ruin your life by getting rid of your stuff. It's actually going to do the exact opposite. It's going to make your life amazing. Um, so that's all it is. Simplified. That's it. Video's over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a lot of other tips I'm going to tell you. But keep it that simple, guys. It's really, truly that simple. That's all it is. Um, and then I want to let you know this. You cannot organize clutter. There is a difference between being organized and organizing your stuff and having an organized home and having a cluttered home. If you have too much stuff, you can't organize it. You just cannot organize clutter. It's not possible. You can't do it. Maybe you've tried, maybe you've organized your clutter in the past. And so you're like, yes, the physical act, I can, I can organize it. But guess what? In five minutes, it's all going to come undone and you're going to be right back to square one, super overwhelmed, super bogged down, super frustrated and feeling like a failure because you're like, I, I can't keep my house organized. And it's not that you can't keep your house organized. It's that you have too much stuff and you cannot organize clutter. And then this doesn't really have much to do with what we're talking about today, but you also can't clean clutter. When your home is uncluttered and clutter-free, there's a baby. <laughs> um, it stays cleaner and it's easier to clean. Hey, Shara. Um, so just know this, you cannot organize your clutter, which means you need to get less stuff so that you can actually get organized and stay organized, all right? Um, another little thing that I like to talk about, all of your stuff holds energy. You know, whether you want to believe in woo-woo stuff or whatever, the things in your space hold energy and you can, you can view it that way or you can say the things in your space take up your time and your, your energy and your mental clarity. They um, consume your resources. They make you stressed out. You know, they, they make you spend your entire days cleaning or picking up after your kids or whatever, you know, the things in your space hold energy and it's not always good energy. 
we are we trick ourselves into thinking that we need these things to be happy or we need these things to have a good life or to have an easy life or to have kids you know if we have kids we need so many things um and really with kids yeah you know there are a lot of things that you do need but there's a lot of things that we are sold we live in a society of expert marketers and salespeople, and so they tell us, get this, buy this, have this to make your life easier, and it just ends up clutter and making our life a lot harder. So pay attention to the things in your space, the things that are your clutter, and be mindful of what they are contributing to your life. Are they actually making it easier, or is the only time that you pay attention to this item when it's on the floor and you have to clean it up, or you're, you know, be mindful of what it is or you thought you needed this thing but all it's doing is holding your dirty laundry literally you know you have sometimes it's a bassinet or a crib or a an accent chair that you know we're like we loved it we wanted it and now it's a it's a glorified paperweight or um i guess that's not the word because the paperweight goes on paper but you know what i mean you're just putting your stuff on it and it's a clutter crutch it's not serving its purpose. It's not a beautiful accent piece anymore. It's an eyesore. Uh-oh. And it makes your life harder. I think she's okay. She just tipped over. Hi, you okay? Oh, you want me to hold you? I'm sorry, baby. You want SpongeBob? She's like, what happened, Mom? Um, my bassinet in the living room. Yeah, Madison. So, I mean, these things that we have, especially a lot of times like baby gear or workout equipment, they have a purpose and they can make your life better. But when you have too much, you know, too much of a good thing is never a good thing. And sure, you could be using that bassinet, up, but if you're not using it for the baby to sleep in, get rid of it. If it's only holding your dirty laundry, get rid of it and put your dirty laundry in the basket or hang it up or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that's just kind of laying the foundation. Like I said, I like to start with the foundation, the mindset, kind of the background story, and then give you the action steps. So when you are, oh, just a real quick note too about Justin. There's this guy. Um, we think we love him, but we hate him. He like makes us miserable. He comes into our home. He takes up our time and our space and our energy, and he gets inside of our head, and he's a horrible, horrible guy. Justin, if you haven't read the blog about Justin, go get to know Justin, just in case this thing that sneaks into our head all the time that is like, I need to keep this bassinet just because I'm not picking on you, Madison, just because that's what we're talking about right now. I need to keep this bassinet just in case my baby needs to sleep in it. Well, here's the thing. If your bassinet is full of stuff right now, that's not a baby, your baby is sleeping somewhere. So where's the baby sleeping? Do you really need that bassinet or are you only holding on to it just in case? Or are you only holding on to it because you spent money on it? Or are you only holding on to it because Babies need bassinets, and so I have one. I mean, I I totally understand that, and but I want to let you know that you know if you have something and you're holding on to it just in case, or just in case this could happen, or just in case of this made up scenario in your head, let it go. Stop letting just in case come into your home and take over your life. Um, because the thing is, a lot of times the things that we are holding on to just in case maybe um, exactly okay, Madison, good. Um, the things that we're holding on to just in case we don't need. Um, and I think it's just kind of maybe like a survival thing, you know, like an evolutionary thing, you know, we're, we're made, our brains are wired to think of the worst case scenarios and all the possible potential things that could happen or come up. And so we're like, I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to have this just in case. And then we end up with a home that is cluttered and overwhelming and that we don't enjoy being in. And it trickles into every other area of our life. It makes us overwhelmed, stressed out frustrated, um, 
on edge, snappy with our family, turns us into mean mom, makes us feel like we're pulled in a million different directions and we can never get a grip on anything ever. And it makes us isolated and all of these negative things. So be really mindful of the things in your space and the service purpose that they are serving, okay? Um, if the purpose is to be prepared in some sort of an imaginary event that might maybe one day could happen, it's clutter. <laughs> um, so that's a little bit of the background. Now let's talk about what you actually do. Start easy. Don't jump right into your sentimental stuff. Don't jump right into books. That's another thing that's really hard for moms. A lot of the moms in here are teachers too. Don't jump into those things that are hard or that you have a lot of resistance in or that is gonna make you feel badly or question yourself, jump into an area that is easy, which is why I recommend starting in one of two areas. Um, a surface purge, which is exactly what it sounds like, and it doesn't need to be complicated. It can be as simple as you grabbing a box or a bag and going through your surfaces and being like, whatever's in that bassinet, you know, it's gotta go. If it's laundry that you haven't worn in three months, you haven't worn it in three months, so I would personally be like, put it in a bag, put it in the car, take it away. Or the surfaces of your kitchen, or the surfaces of your bathroom, or the surfaces of your nightstand, or your dresser, or your kids' toy shelves, or whatever. A surface purge is just kind of doing the immediate stuff right in your face that's pretty overwhelming and hard to look at. Um, it could be like pieces of trash. Um, a lot of times, toy boxes and shelves have a lot of stuff in it and when you actually get inside of it and see it a lot of it is random pieces from mcdonald's toys shredded papers broken crayons coloring books that have been lived their life and need to get out um, that's a surface purge and that can be very freeing and very impactful um, especially if you are new to decluttering and you need to just get started um, I love surface purges and I do them in my home pretty regularly because even though I have decluttered my entire home, even though I have simplified my entire life, it's not like things just stop coming into our house. We do still buy things. We get gifts. We have birthdays. And so I even have to routinely do surface purges and get the stuff out. Okay. Um, so start easy. If you don't want to do a surface purge, another really easy place to start is the bathroom because a lot of stuff in there is expired. Um, there's usually a lot of like random things. There's usually a lot of trash. Bathrooms don't have a lot of like really sentimental things in them. It's usually pretty like practical cleaners and things like that. So you can purge all the trash. If you are a soap hoarder or a candle hoarder or um, a lotion hoarder, it's really easy to get rid of that stuff because Maybe you bought it one, you know, a year ago or two or three or four or five years ago and you never used it. It's time to get rid of it because you think it's a just in case thing. You think that because you have it, you need to keep it. Um, um, Crystal, see your comment. I'm going to come back to it in just a second. But you think because you've had it for a long time, you need to keep it, you know, just in case. What if my skin gets dry? What if blah, blah, blah? What if all of these things? And if you haven't used it in a year or two or three or four or five, you're, nev you're never going to use it, okay? 
and it's not worth you keeping in your space because it really does affect your mental clarity, your emotional clarity. It sucks your time and your energy and your resources. And sometimes it's just a matter of hearing it from somebody else, hearing somebody like myself tell you, you have permission to get rid of that stuff that you bought that you didn't need. And it might feel wasteful at first, but now going into the future, you're not going to be wasteful like that anymore. You're going to be more intentional about the lotion that you consume and the lotion that you buy or the soap, or the cleaners, or whatever. You're gonna stop buying what you don't need. If you don't need it, you know, if you if you have a, a bottle of soap in your bathroom and you have a backup under the sink for when it runs out, you don't need those three bottles of soap that are on sale. If you don't need it at full price, you don't need it when it's on sale. And so a lot of times we do things like stock up and then we end up sabotaging ourselves when we didn't really need it in the first place. So, um, like I said, this is a lot of this is like technical things that you can do right now. And a lot of this is like laying the foundation, um, so that you can hear it now and you can hear it again and again, cause I'm going to keep talking about it again and again and again. And as you start to put these things into practice, it's going to make sense and you're going to start to understand and shift the way that you think about things and the way that you do things. So, um, here comes the baby. So that's one way to start. Start with the things that are easy. Um, a surface purge or bathrooms. Like I said, there's not really anything ever sentimental in a bathroom or just laying around on your surfaces. Hi, baby. <gasps> Hi. <laughs> Do you want to play with this toy? No. Okay. Uh, Crystal says she stuff gets misplaced by my husband sometimes. So a surface purge is just putting stuff back where it belongs. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Crystal, that is a great point. And a lot of times, you know, when I am doing a surface purge, that's not. It's not that I am throwing things away even all the time. Sometimes it's just taking the things that have accumulated on the counter and bringing them back up to the kids' room where it goes because they love to bring their little, their little toys out and about and uh, places. So I'm going to feed her real quick. What? She, this has been her for the last few days. Really, really sensitive. Okay, so start easy. Um, the next tip is to, you know, if you don't want to start with the, you guys are just going to have to see this <laughs> um, because I have my camera up here, but um, if you don't want to start somewhere easy, like a surface purge or um, a bathroom purge, start with what's most urgent. So for moms, most of the time that is something like laundry, dishes, or toys, because those are the things that we have to deal with every day. We have to feed the kids. They got to play with toys. They got to wear clothes. And so laundry dishes and toys is where I would recommend starting next. And those things can be pretty overwhelming. So it's just a matter of like what you want. Sorry, I got to uh, What you want to focus on. Hey, Haley. Um, so like I said, laundry dishes and toys are usually pretty big projects and can be kind of overwhelming to start with. So but if that's where you want to start, great. I'm not going to discourage you from doing that. Never, ever, ever. So if that's where you want to start, just see the big projects, you know, see the mountains of laundry, see the playroom full of broken, mismatched toys thrown everywhere. See the pile of dishes and the sink and the overflowing cabinets. Hey, Jessica. And break it down into bite-sized pieces. So this is actually a two-part thing. I want to tell you both of these steps real quick, and then I'm going to break it down into the details of it for you. Break it down into bite-sized pieces to little tiny tasks, and then 
finish one entire area before you move on to the next. So if you're going to say, say you want to do laundry, dishes, and toys, declutter all of the laundry before you move on to the dishes or the toys. And I say that, hey girl, hey, um, I say that because you got to focus, you got to focus your attention. If you're focusing on eight different areas of your house, you're, you're never going to get it done. You're going to start here and never finish and start here. And then this work's going to come undone. And then you're going to start over there and all that work's going to come undone. So pick an area and do it start to finish, break it down by all those little, little tiny details and tasks. And you're probably like, well, great. I'm never going to finish laundry in one day. You know, you're not. And Jessica, this is good since that's what you're going to do. You're not going to declutter your wardrobe, your husband's wardrobes, and your three kids' wardrobes in one day. But you could spread it out over the course of two weeks and be like, for the next two weeks, we are going to master and fully declutter and simplify our wardrobes. It doesn't have to be done in a day. And realistically, it's not going to get done in a day. That's crazy. We're moms, and who has eight to ten hours to dedicate to that? So say I want I really got to get a grip on my laundry you know that is the most urgent it's going to free up the most mental clarity mental space and clarity for myself so on this day I'm going to do the baby's wardrobe because hers is pretty simple and the easiest out of everybody's and I'm going to do hers first and then over the weekend I'm going to do the big kids wardrobes and then I'm going to spend the next week doing my wardrobe because that's pretty overwhelming and I want to make sure that I can do it fully and completely and then hopefully by then you know I've inspired my husband he's seen how much has helped me with my laundry load and how much it's it's simplified my life and made me a happier wife and a happier mom and then he'll want to do his wardrobe and I can help him with that so does that make sense break it down break it down by area that you want to do and complete that entire area before you move on to the next because it's just gonna make it so that you are focused on one area instead of like switching switching gears so often um, the a good example of this is like if you're gonna clean your house you're it's easier to like vacuum the whole house at once instead of being like I'm gonna vacuum this bedroom and then I'm gonna dust the walls who dusts the walls um, whatever you want to dust dust the furniture <laughs> um, and then I'm gonna wash the windows and you know, every time you do that, you have to plug in the vacuum and vacuum it up. And then you have to pull out the dusting cleaner and the dusting rags and do all that. And then you have to put that away and then you have to pull out the glass cleaner and then wipe the windows. Um, and then, you know, if you're like, now I gotta go do that in the living room and then I gotta go do that in the, in the bedroom and the other bedroom and then I gotta go do that in the bathroom. You see how switching gear so often really slows you down. Um, make it so that you don't have to switch gears so often. Um, I don't think you did it wrong, Shamra. I think you did. You, I, Shamra, just from the little bit that I've been able to see from you, I think basically you did like a giant surface purge, which is great. You had a lot of stuff and you've basically done a giant surface purge, which just like anything else isn't going to get done in a day. And now I think you're ready to kind of refine it and focus on these, these areas and move into, you know, focusing on those so that you're not switching gears so much that you can stay in laundry mode until it's started start to finish and feels complete um and be done with that um and then you're not having all of the work that you've done in other areas of your house come undone you can just kind of do it all at once so i think that makes sense um,
And like I said, even if it takes you two or three weeks to get through all of your laundry or two or three weeks to get through all of the toys or two or three weeks to get through the kitchen, you know, when you do it like this, then, you know, say, say you did the laundry, you, you spent three weeks focusing on, on the laundry and you got that done and it feels good and your laundry is under control. You no longer have laundry mountains on the couch or on the bassinet or on the bed or on the kitchen table. And now that you don't have those things scattered throughout the house, now you can focus on the kitchen. And now you can really go deep into the kitchen and you can get the counters cleared off and you can get the cabinets cleared out and you can start making space, you know, for, for spices and for your dishes and for your cleaning supplies or whatever. Um, and then, you know, you can move on to the toys. You know, when you get all of the toys done, if you spend two or three weeks just focusing on toys, then, you know, you, same thing with the laundry, you stop having piles of toys all over the house and toys in every nook and cranny of everywhere and on the bed and on the bathroom counter and in your shoes and all those things. And you start trying to piece it together. So, um, it's kind of like time blocking. Um, if I don't think anybody in here has gotten to the time blocking portion of the course, and this is actually, um, my text from Darlene. Um, other thing. I don't think you guys have gotten to that part, but basically, you know, when you focus on one thing and get it done, start to finish, it's much more efficient. It's much easier um, than like jumping all over the place. Hey, Darlene, I see you popped on and I just saw your text. <laughs> um, I didn't read it all. I just saw like a little thing that said Darlene. Um, so those are my tips. Let's recap real quick. Simplify decluttering, simplify the actual act of decluttering. So all it is, is getting the stuff in your house, taking it out. That's all decluttering is. We overcomplicate it and we overthink it by giving ourselves these reasons that we could keep it just in case somebody gave it to me. What if this? What if that? Um, we, we complicate it. Nobody has ever died. Nobody has ever suffered a tragedy. Um, nobody has ever regretted decluttering um, that I know of. <laughs> I, I have not personally... And I haven't met anybody in here who has been like, man, I really wish I would have kept my house cluttered up. Man, big mistake. Um, I've never seen that happen. So simplify it in that regard. Know that you won't regret it. Know that it's just stuff. It's just things and it's dragging you down. Um, know that you cannot organize clutter. There is a difference between decluttering and organizing. Organizing is moving your clutter from place to place to place to place. And if the only time you ever spend any time with that clutter is when you're trying to organize it, it's clutter and it's gotta go. Um, your things hold energy and you can look at this at the woo-woo place or you can look at it as in the stuff in your space is driving you nuts and it's making you angry and frustrated and upset and annoyed and overwhelmed and bogged down and burdened and all these negative things. So it's not always good energy. And just because we are told you need things for this or things make you happy or you're sold a dream in a bottle or you're told that your children need these, these kinds of toys or this amount of toys or you need this baby gear to have an easy life or you need these kitchen gadgets to be a great chef, it's not true. <laughs> and these things do hold energy and it's not always good energy. So pay attention to how it's making you feel and what purpose it's actually serving in your life. If it's benefiting you, or if it's making things suck for you. Um, so when you're actually starting, start easy. Start with something like a surface purge, which oftentimes we don't even realize a lot of our clutter is trash. 
um, surface perch, get a bag, put it in a bag, take it away, throw it away, whatever. Um, or a bathroom. A bathroom is very sterile. Um, it's a funny word to use for a bathroom, but it's not, there's not a lot of emotions attached to the things in the bathroom and it's pretty easy to go through. I mean, it's a lot of times soaps, medications, um, things that are easy to part with. They're not sentimental. They're not like your books. They're not like your high school yearbooks and that kind of thing. Um, or, so if you don't want to start with that, start with the most urgent. Start with the thing that's going to have the biggest impact on your life. Maybe it's your laundry. Maybe it's toys. Maybe it's dishes. Maybe it's your car. Um, whatever it is, whatever's going to have the most impact on your life, start there. Um, set a timer. Commit. Um, break it down by area. So pick whatever area. It doesn't have to be a room. An area can be something like laundry or toys. Um, break it down into little tasks. Today, I'm going to go through and purge all of the clothes with stains, or I'm going to do the baby's wardrobe, or I'm going to go through and get rid of all of the, the toys that are missing pieces. Break it down by these little tiny tasks. Um, and finish one area before you move on to the next. Those are my tips for you guys. Um, oops. Uh, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Um, Madison, so this is my, my, hey, I'm going to check and see what Shamra said and then I'm going to answer that. That makes sense to not have to watch whatever you completed Unravel. I do know what one section of this feels like because I did the toys and now it takes like five minutes to reset those at the end of the day. Yeah. So Shamra, you're totally on the right track. Um, Madison, I think the reason that you feel bad, um, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but from what I've seen and from what I've experienced myself, if I'm feeling badly about getting rid of their toys, it's because I'm in an overwhelmed state and I'm like, I'm feeling like a mean mom because I'm tired of picking up their toys. I'm tired of them throwing them everywhere. I'm tired of them not treating them with respect. And then it feels like a punishment almost. And if that's how you're feeling about it, don't act yet. If that's how you feel, do not act <laughs> because it, they're going to feel that and they are going to feel punished as well. And this is the thing. It's not your kids' fault that they have too many toys. They didn't buy them. They didn't go out and get them. And they are not the ones who were like, this is what I want in my house. And it's not their fault that they can't manage the amount that they have. And this is the thing about kids is that... Honestly, from my experience, I, Madison, I, I haven't seen much um, from you, so I, I don't know how much of the story you actually know, but I used to be a Montessori teacher, um, and obviously I have my own kids. And whenever I was feeling hesitant about the amount of toys I have, it was never, or amount of toys they had, it was never about their viewpoints on it. It was completely me, um, me putting my ideas onto them. So me being like, oh, if I want to be a good mom, I have to buy them so many toys or buy them the best toys or they need to have this amount of things. And kids don't care about that. Kids are wired to play and be creative and be resourceful. Kids aren't really wired to play with so many toys and it's very overwhelming for them if they have too many. They don't know what to do with it. That's why they throw them around everywhere. That's why they mistreat them. That's why they lose the pieces. It's literally too much for them to handle. And so I think shifting your mindset into that and understanding really the benefits of having less toys, which if you um, get on my blog, motherhoodsimplified.com, use the search bar, um, just search toys. There's like three really good blogs on there that go into detail about the benefits of less, what happened to my kids when we 
downsized, um, what happened in the classrooms when you downsized, um, so that you can kind of shift into a more positive mindset about it before you declutter, because I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to condone like punishing the kids. It's not, they didn't buy the toys, they didn't bring them to the home, and they are not the gatekeeper of the home. They don't get to decide what stays and goes. That's the parent's responsibility. Um, so I hope that that answers. What do you do when your husband wants to hold on to random clutter like empty card box, cardboard boxes and random parts to computer hard drives? Don't worry about his stuff. Um, so this is the husband rule. Um, a lot of people have heard it, but there's so much more to focus on than your husband's stuff. You have your own stuff. You have things like community areas, um, like your closet, your makeup drawer, your bathroom, um, the stuff in the kitchen, the toys. There's community areas that you can focus on without focusing on his stuff first. And I can tell you that this advice works because there's a lot of moms who have been in here from the beginning with husbands who were very resistant and who didn't want to get rid of anything. And my advice was just, you do you, girl. You focus on the things that you can control you declutter your stuff, you lead by example, you simplify these other areas of the house and show him what happens when, when you declutter and when you stop holding on to things that aren't serving you and then they get on board. And I've seen it um, with a lot of moms in here. I know it's frustrating, but even if it's your husband, I mean, you are not the boss of him. You can't control him. You can't make him do things. Um, he is his own person, just like you're your own person. So go do your stuff and focus on your stuff and inspire him and show him the benefits of actually decluttering. Um, Lindsay, I did a lot of research about how kids actually play better with fewer toys that helped me feel a lot better about purging them. Yes, Lindsay, just do a quick Google search about the benefits of less toys and it makes you realize how little they really need and how we are sold on commercials, on TV. A lot of toys, I say this a lot, is that a lot of toys are the most exciting and the kids want them the most at the store when they're on the shelf because it's in a pretty package, it's got lights, it's got sounds, it's got pictures, and then they bring it home and they don't play with it um, because that's not how that's not how kids work. Kids are really, really, truly wired to have less. And I've seen it in classrooms. Um, I have told this story before, so if you've heard it, you're going to hear it again. Um, but I used to be the teacher who was brought into the classrooms that were crazy. If you have ever worked at a childcare or a preschool or, or with any sort of large group of children, you know that it can get wild. And a lot of times, way more often than I can count, I was the, the teacher who was brought in to fix the problems. And they were always like, these kids are crazy. They don't clean up after themselves. They throw things. They hurt each other. They fight. They, they don't use the things how they're supposed to be used. And they thought the problem was the kids. It was not the kids. The problem was the stuff. They had too much stuff. And so I would come in and say, all right, let's get a grip on your classroom. We're going to get rid of, usually I cut the amount of things in by half. So instead of having a big giant bucket of markers, I would say, we're gonna give them a little tray with red, yellow, and blue, and then a little tray of paper. And they're like, this is never gonna work. That's not enough stuff. And guess what? It worked. It worked every single time. And the behavioral issues went away. Um, not completely, you know, immediately 100%, but it was like instant relief to where the teachers were like, wow, like I can think, 
I can communicate with them. I can show them how to use these things. And that was a big part of it too, was like they, they have all these toys and all these things on the shelves and the kids just don't know how to use them. And they can't even see what's there because there's so much stuff surrounding it. So that, that was one of my favorite things to do with them was like, they would think I was crazy and I would walk in and be like, we're going to get rid of your stuff. And you're going to, you're going to feel immediate relief and your kids are going to be like, wow, they're, they're going to be able to see these things. They're going to be like, wow, I love these red and yellow, blue markers. And it's three markers and they color with their friends and it's amazing. So there's a lot of power in simplifying the stuff. They're visual, literally sensorial, everything that they are processing, everything in their space, they are processing through their senses. And so when we have too much, it's overwhelming and overstimulating visually. Um, and it's, that's just how it is for them. So I could, I could talk on and on and on and on forever about that. Um, I just think there's a lot of duplicates, like with hand-me-downs appreciated, but there's like three and four of certain things. I don't, I, I know what you're meaning. And I definitely feel like that sometimes I put them up like six times a day. If you have duplicates, get rid of the duplicates and duplicates don't have to be the exact same thing. Duplicates can be things that do similar things. So I know you're talking about toys, but I mean, in the kitchen, you don't need a rice cooker an instant pot, a big crock pot, a medium crock pot, a small crock pot. You don't need a blender and a baby bullet and a bullet and a Vitamix. You know, you, those things are duplicates of each other. Um, you don't need all of those. Um, the only thing I would say is if you have twins, because I, I, if Kristen watches this, she's going to be like, twins, I need duplicates. Um, yeah, if you have twins, sometimes you do need duplicates. Um, and I don't have twins, so I can't speak for that. But you're right. There's a lot of things that do the same things. If you're interested in getting, you know, more tips and uh, like, a straightforward list of really good toys for kids. If you go to the announcement section, there's a link, um, simplified toy ebook. Um, it's just a PDF of simplified toys and ideas for minimalist toys. Um, thoughts on junk drawers. Thoughts on junk drawers is that you don't need one. It's a junk drawer. Uh, I don't have a junk drawer. A junk drawer is just a place to put everything that you don't want to deal with. <laughs> and, um, that's my thought on junk drawers. <laughs> you don't need one. Um, that's probably not the answer that you're looking for. But we have a drawer in our kitchen that has a little container of pens and pencils and sticky notes and tape and batteries. That's what we have. Um, no junk drawers. I think that we don't need them. That's crazy. Crazy to me looking back because we used to have like two or three too. Um, now we don't have any. The goal, the long-term goal, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I tell you guys is like things that you're going to hear over and over again. And the first time that you hear it, you're probably like, okay, crazy lady. But the goal is to have a house that has a place for everything and everything in its place. A junk drawer is just like, you don't have enough room um, in, in other places, or you think that you're doing yourself a favor by having a junk drawer so that if you need some Neosporin, you know, you have it down in the kitchen junk drawer but then you can't find it when you need it anyway and you forget that you have it and so you go buy more and then you keep it in the bathroom and blah, blah, blah. Um, you don't need a junk drawer. And a lot of times it's just you thinking that you're doing yourself a favor. Um, and you're not. Like by keeping screwdrivers in the junk drawer because it's a huge pain to walk 15 seconds to the garage and get the screwdriver. It's not. Um, or it's a huge pain to have to walk up to the bathroom to the first aid kit to get the Neosporin for the cut. It's not hard. 
It's not hard to walk 15 seconds to the bathroom to get the band-aids. Stop tricking yourself. Stop sabotaging yourself. Junk drawers are not serving you. Um, for my husband, we have compromised with where that stuff stays. So I guess it is organizing his clothes with the hope of it being temporary and he will come around to toss it. Are you talking about junk drawers? I think you're talking about junk drawers. Or maybe you're talking about husband clutter. Um, both of those apply. Uh, I clean them out and then boom, it is full. Magic. It gets full because, um, and junk drawers are really something that you've got to kind of do at the end. Like once you have decluttered the rest of your house and everything else has a space, then you can like go through your junk drawer and be like, okay, Neosporin in the bathroom, band-aids in the bathroom, screwdrivers in the garage. Um, I don't have a junk drawer anymore, guys, and I don't even remember what I used to have in it. <laughs> I don't remember what goes in the junk drawer. Junk. Um, so any other questions, any other um, comments, insights? I know I see a lot of like new faces on here, so a lot of this stuff, you guys are probably like, she's crazy. Um, I'm, I'm not crazy in that way. I am in a lot of other ways, but not this way. I've done this for myself. I've taught a lot of other moms how to do this for themselves and it does work. Um, so Kaylee was great. Um, like I said, guys, I'm going to, my mind is blown by no junk drawer. So Darlene, this is a little task that I encourage people to do. Um, when I work with them one-on-one, -on -one, or if you're in courses, get a pen and paper, open up your junk drawer and write down everything inside of it. And then decide how much you really need it. You're probably gonna, it, it's really eye-opening to see it written down and in your face like that. You're like, wow, <laughs> why do I have eight bottles of un, or half opened and half used Neosporin? Um, Crystal, thank you for that. Yeah, Crystal has done the course. Um, and it can be a little bit overwhelming and daunting, but I did try to break down the course and I am gonna be doing some upgrades on it so it's a little bit more streamlined to break down exactly how to declutter everything in your home step-by-step step so that it's not overwhelming. Um, challenge accepted, Woo! okay, Darlene is on it. Um, so I'm gonna hit stop recording here on my computer. Um, Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it <laughs> because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, 
I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.